Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through this super mineral so quickly. Now this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. There is no denying it. Insulin resistance, metabolic dysfunction, and prediabetes in women is at an all-time high. And the numbers, they will continue to get worse. And it's taking our lives. It contributes to 9 out of the 10 leading causes of death in the U.S., and it is a central player in declining female fertility. It's literally one of the biggest reasons we are seeing 1 in 6 women struggle with infertility today. The disease most likely to kill adult women that doctors won't even talk about is having higher than normal blood sugar levels, a condition called prediabetes. Now, to make matters worse, more than 84% of people with prediabetes don't even know they have it. They're not being told they have it. They're not being screened for it. And that is a problem. And nearly a quarter of 12 to 19-year-olds now have prediabetes as well. Although 88% of American women by the age of 45 will have clinical criteria for being metabolically unhealthy, many people have never heard the term metabolic disease. And why is that? Even though it plays a central role in a wide range of common diseases, including diabetes, stroke, heart disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, polycystic ovarian syndrome, infertility, depression, gout, and more. The U.S. healthcare system literally doesn't recognize or want to manage it. So what is metabolic dysfunction in women? It is a fundamental problem with how the body processes or stores energy and is largely a result of the modern Western diet and lifestyle. I always say that this modern day world in life is not conducive to happy hormones or a happy metabolism. Now, one of his tall tale signs is elevated blood sugar levels, a signal that the body is not efficiently using glucose, one of the primary energy fuels for all the cells inside of our body. According to mitochondrial scientists, metabolic diseases emerge when mitochondrial energy capacity declines past 50%, which is the threshold for insufficient energy availability in every cell. Without enough energy, the body loses its ability to maintain normal homeostatic endpoints. I'm talking blood sugar levels, blood pressure, hip to waist ratio, blood fats in normal range, all the markers of metabolic dysfunction. And the problem compounds for adult women after the age of 40, when women begin to experience significant shifts and declines in their hormones and their metabolic biomarkers. Knowing that this silent epidemic is killing us, I have spent the last two plus years studying everything I can find to come up with powerful solutions to reverse insulin resistance and metabolic dysfunction. That is why I devoted this entire year to creating a course that addresses these super scary problems head on. We do not deserve 
to be sick and to feel like crap so early in our life. The declining shifts in metabolic health, rising blood sugar numbers, and declining hormone levels that lead women to feeling exhausted, rundown, foggy, irritable, sleep-deprived, and overweight. This is what I want to address. I am planning to release my metabolism and hormone reset course later on this month, so please stay tuned. You are not going to want to miss out on this comprehensive program that finally puts together all of the pieces when it comes to how your metabolism and hormones interact and then what to actually do about it. But today I wanted to share one important cornerstone of the course because food is everything when it comes to healthy hormones, metabolic health, along with healthy gut and liver function. Obviously, food is a big part of the course because it's a huge component of our health and what is killing us slowly, right? The prediabetes, the ever so, you know, steadily climbing blood sugar levels. Now, I wish I could say that eating food to balance blood sugar was all that you needed to do to prevent pre-diabetic numbers, but it's simply not enough. That is where we're missing the boat. Metabolic health is a bit more complicated than that, especially for us as women due to our hormones. So how do you go about creating a metabolically healthy meal for yourself and your family? Well, today I'm going to share seven surefire strategies to consider when creating a meal that takes into account your metabolism, your blood sugar, your gut, your liver, and your hormones, all components of living a life that is thriving and full of energy. And the really good news is that these strategies are about giving your body the best food-based building blocks and molecular information to have metabolically optimized system. And that is what I'm talking about. The goal for today's episode is to focus on putting really good blood sugar and hormone-loving foods into your body, and a lot of the rest will take care of itself. Because here's what I know for sure. Food is powerful. Food literally creates the structural components of our bodies. I'm talking cells, mitochondria, DNA, hormones, neurotransmitters, immune, and blood cells. It feeds our microbiome and impacts our gene expression and cell signaling. Once you understand the elements of a diet that supports your metabolism, hormones, and gut, you'll find that crafting a metabolically optimal meal for your family and yourself is so much easier than you think. So today, I want to get started with the first strategy, which has been a focus of mine for many, many years, ever since I started making green smoothies back in 2009, way before they were popular, knowing that most of us are getting way less of it than we need on a daily basis. Are you ready for it? The number one strategy of the seven I'm going to be sharing with you today is upping your daily fiber intake. I know, easier said than done. According to the USDA dietary guidelines, more than 90% of women and 97% of men do not meet the recommended intake for dietary fiber. And sadly, this is talking about the low bar of only 30 grams per day. We likely need 50 grams or more, especially when women are in perimenopause and really need to make sure that their liver is moving out all of those excess estrogen metabolites to ward off estrogen dominance, fibroids, and all the other things that happen when we have excess estrogen. Fiber feeds the gut microbiome, which has beneficial effects on our metabolic health, such as improved glucose and insulin levels, thanks to short-chain fatty acids. Fiber also keeps gut inflammation down. It protects the gut mucus membrane and slows down glucose absorption. Fiber is so freaking magical that it's considered half of the solution to the obesity epidemic. I'm just going to repeat that one more time. Fiber is so magical that it's considered half of the solution to the obesity epidemic. So how do you up your fiber if you are a part of the 90%? 
I recommend incorporating mega high fiber foods like chia seeds, flax seeds, flax crackers, basil seeds, canned or fresh beans, cooked lentils, along with fiber filled veggies and fruits like broccoli, raspberries, avocados, squash, and peas. For me, I aim to eat roasted veggies, salads, and smoothies filled with veggies at every single meal. I make plants the focus and then add on the protein and the healthy fats. I also make sure that I am literally sprinkling chia seeds and flax seeds on my smoothies, my salads, my soups, anywhere I can put them so that I am upping my fiber intake. Number two strategy is load up on micronutrients and antioxidant-rich foods. Yes, this isn't all about the macros. We are talking micronutrients today. Now, the American Gut Project published research showing that people who ate more than 30 different types of plant foods per week had healthier and more diverse microbiomes than those who ate fewer than 10 per week. So let's load up. And here's the thing about our microbiome is it is a big part of that blood sugar puzzle When we have a microbiome that is healthy and diverse, we are able to really create stable blood sugar levels. Micronutrients and antioxidants are pure magic, and they often go hand in hand. Micronutrient molecules such as magnesium, zinc, selenium, and B vitamins act as cofactors, genetic regulators, and structural elements of our bodies and cells. Micronutrients facilitate the optimal action of so many kind of key biological processes, including mitochondrial pathways, and thus how the body actually handles glucose. Antioxidants are molecules that protect against oxidative stress, a state where reactive oxygen species are in your cells that can be linked to things like cancer and diabetes. And often it's those reactive oxygen species that are impacting and messing with our mitochondria. Of note, many micronutrients like selenium and vitamin E are also considered antioxidants. So you kind of can knock out two with you know, you can, you can basically get both, knocking out with two with one stone is what I'm trying to say. Now we want to eat antioxidant rich foods. So I want you to be thinking about bright, colorful plants and items that stimulate our antioxidant pathways, such as cruciferous and green vegetables, coffee, yes, coffee, <laughs> cold water, fish, rich in omegas. Um, and so what I recommend, these are the kind of things that I do a lot is I do cauliflower, rice, stir fries, Roasted broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels with salmon, and arugula salads are some of my favorite ways to get an uptick of cruciferous veggies into my diet every single day. Basically, we are always roasting veggies. I roast them in the morning when I'm prepping breakfast. I roast them in the afternoon. I mean, it's just, our oven is always going. And it's always a goal to eat five plus servings of cruciferous veggies pretty much, um, every couple of days, not only to support my liver and detox pathways, but also to feed my gut and help keep my blood sugar levels stable. So how do you do this? Well, for me, it all starts in the grocery store or the farmer's market, right? At the grocery store, I always start in the produce aisle every single time. I have been trained to go straight to the produce aisle first because that's what I want to start my cart with. That's what I want to fill my cart up with first. And I want to add as many diverse fruits and veggies to my cart. Now, What I also love is I also love to shop within season. And so I'm really excited that, you know, with every passing season, there is different produce, different fruits and veggies to try. You can get so creative and eating with the season is so good for our bodies. Now, the goal for me is to have 90% of my cart filled with a diverse array of plants that I can find. That way I can measure this at the checkout conveyor belt. Like I see all of my food options, all the things that I'm purchasing at the store, 
just laid out in front of me. And that's when I really can get a good sense of is 90 or at least 85% of my cart or the conveyor belt plants, um, fruits and veggies. I want to see that almost everything that I'm buying is produce. Now, since my food is becoming my future brain and your future brain too, along with our future mitochondria and even our hormones, I want my card to reflect what I'm going to be nourishing my body with. The goal again is to aim for 30 different types of plant foods per week across fruits, veggies, herbs, nuts, seeds, beans, and legumes. So I'm not just talking about fruits and veggies. Herbs definitely go crazy with those, right? Nuts, seeds, beans. And again, when we're thinking about these foods, we're also thinking about boosting that fiber intake. So again, the chia seeds, the uh, the basil seeds, the flax seeds, the different beans, you know, again, do your best to really create a diverse array of plant and fiber-driven foods. Now, how do you do that? Again, you're going to start at that grocery store, prioritize produce over everything else, and really make it a game. Especially this time of the year, there is so much great produce. Then count how many plants you're eating each day and see if you're on track for at least 15. And if you are on track for 15 this week, how can you get to 20 next week, then maybe 25 the next until you are at that 30? And if you don't know how to cook something, I just recommend Googling it or chopping it up and throwing it into a veggie stir fry, a salad or a soup. Add some protein and some fresh herbs and some healthy fats like ghee or olive oil and or avocado. I mean, honestly, always add avocado. <laughs> um, that is what we do in our house. And it can be as easy as that. Again, I have so many great resources on, you know, with recipes in it, if you're looking for it. And one of the things I'm most excited about is this new course that I'm about to, to drop this month has so many incredible recipes that literally meet these, the, the criteria of the seven strategies that I'm talking about today. And on that note, number three is to go organic. And now that we're talking about the produce aisle, to go organic, especially with the dirty dozen list. So a lot of the produce, as we all know, is sprayed with endocrine, metabolic, and neurological disrupting chemicals that can damage our metabolism and are actually causing obesity. I mean, they're literally called obesogens. Opting for organic whenever possible will help you to avoid these chemicals. And, and it's not just endocrine, metabolic, and neurological. I mean, these are poking holes in our gut and they're causing our liver to not work properly as well. So my goal is focusing especially on avoiding the dirty dozen. You can obviously just go and Google the dirty dozen right now. It's often berries, right? Um, it's bell peppers. It's obvious. It's leafy greens like like spinach, kale, and you know lettuces. Like you'll see the list. It's super easy to pull up, and you can even go and look at the clean fifteen. So and compare where you can, you know, where you're spending money on organic and where you may not need to spend money on organic, and. Obviously, organic is pricier. So what I do is I tend to stock up when it's on sale, <laughs> if it's ever on sale. But what I'll do, it's usually when it's in season. So right now, um, I am getting organic cherries on sale. Um, I'm getting organic strawberries and organic raspberries on sale. And so that's usually when I'm taking advantage of it. And one of the other things that I do is I buy organic frozen fruit. That's what I use for my green smoothies. Um, and what we use for for other things as well, like maybe I'll, I'll buy organic raspberries to make an organic um, raspberry chia pudding. Um, and then also at the farmer's market, what I have found is if you go towards the end of the farmer's market, 
um, you know, if it, if it closes at two, go around one or one thirty. And a lot of the, the farmers market, um, farmers and stalls are dropping prices because they don't want to take their produce with them. That's another thing that I have learned to do over the years. And again, do your best. Um, if you don't or you can't opt for organic, um, just be sure to wash all of your fruits and veggies. I typically use a solution with baking soda and a little bit of lemon essential oil um, to get all the yucky residue off. And I'm always amazed um, at how much stuff is on our, our, our plants and our veggies. Next, strategy number four, minimize refined sugar, carbs, and grains. As you and I know, we now eat significantly more carbohydrates as refined sugars and grains than at any point in history, as much as 10 times more than just a couple hundred years ago. Some reports say that we're eating over 150 pounds of sugar per year per person. It is no wonder we're seeing staggering numbers of prediabetes. Other sources reference around 90 pounds of added sugar per year. Regardless, it is a lot of freaking sugar per year going into these bodies going into our mitochondria and gunking things up. Our body has to process all of that sugar and it is trashing our liver, our digestive system, and breaking down our metabolic system cell to cell. The large glucose spikes our body processes lead to oxidative stress, fat storage, insulin resistance, um, endothelial blood vessel dysfunction, and obviously mitochondrial dysfunction. So keeping glucose levels and keeping them stable basically flattening that glucose curve and minimizing glycemic variability, aka blood sugar spikes and crashes, is beyond important. It is one of the most important things. And also one of the easiest things to do once you put aside the refined grains and sugar and really become intentional about what you're eating. And literally this episode is all about that today. So how do you do this? My first recommendation is read every single label and don't just buy things with added sugar, white flour, wheat flour, refined seed and vegetable oils, rice flour. I mean, goodness, like I I had a a woman that I was working with who bought a cauliflower crusted pizza and little did she realize that the second ingredients was rice flour and she had one of the biggest glucose spikes that she had ever seen when she was wearing a continuous glucose monitor. So again, it's so important to read the nutritional label, specifically the ingredients label. And when you're looking at that ingredients label, you want to see if it's only five ingredients and make sure that you can pronounce the ingredients, right? If the ingredients look super crazy and it's leading with all of this processed, you know, wheat, corn, sugar, it is a no-go. I promise your body is not going to appreciate it. Now, when it comes to oils, choose organic avocado oil, coconut oil, and olive oil. What we use in our house is we use um, organic butter, we use ghee, we use avocado oil, and we use olive oil. And make sure to find healthy alternatives to the foods that you love. Luckily today, man, what a time to be alive. We have more healthy choices than ever before. So it's easy to upgrade your snacks, to upgrade your desserts, to upgrade your chocolate. I mean, honestly, you can upgrade all of it. If you love crackers, fortunately, there are flackers, which will boost your fiber intake, and Hugh Kitchen crackers. We also love Brad's crackers. Um, And my son even eats, I'm trying to remember the brand. I don't eat it because it will spike my blood sugar, but but we feel really good about him consuming it every now and again. And and honestly, it's totally escaping me right now. Um, But if I do remember it, I'll make sure to come back. So 
We're really mindful about, you know, minimal ingredients on the ingredient list um, and making sure there isn't anything that is, you know, kind of insidious and going to mess with you behind the scenes. Um, And if you like chips, you know, Siete makes chips with avocado oil. Um, Same with tortillas. You can get, you know, almond flour tortillas from Siete. They even make cookies. My, My son loves the Siete Mexican wedding cookies. Um, and they, again, there's like one gram of sugar per little cookie. He'll get like maybe one or two, you know, for a special occasion. And so again, you can really upgrade a lot of the crackers and cookies and, and popcorn that you're consuming and going for very, very minimal ingredients. Um, and there, you know, I love because you can, you can go and check out their websites, do your research and really kind of discover what brands are are going to be good for you. Another brand that I'm absolutely in love with when it comes to chocolate um, is going to be Living Ratio. Um, they make this beautiful chocolate cacao calm. That's this adaptogenic chocolate drink, does not spike your blood sugar, does not raise your blood sugar, and it is so freaking yummy. I do it with an organic um, almond milk. I have a little frother, so I just froth it up. I put some cinnamon in it, um, and it's just so delicious. So there's, again, there's a lot of different companies out there that are working with whole, you know, nutrient-dense ingredients that, again, are a tiny bit pricier, but 100% worth it and so much better for your body. Leading me to number four, upping your omega fatty acids. So omega-3 fatty acids, including ALA, EPA, and DHA, are key elements to our cell membrane. Literally, it makes up the cell membrane and is so critical for cell signaling and for binding to hormones. I mean, there's so many important roles that your cell membrane plays, and that's why omega-3 fatty acids are so critical, inflammatory pathways, and cardiovascular pathways. Uh, Omega-3s are where it's at. So getting enough omega-3s limits the impact of potentially inflammatory-causing omega-6s. Now, unfortunately, the standard American diet contains a ratio of as much as 16 to 1 omega-6s to omega-3s, when it should be closer to a one-to-one ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s. This is largely due to high consumption of refined seed and vegetable oils. Think canola, vegetable, safflower, sunflower, corn oils, palm oil, all high in omega-6s. And we're talking about crackers and dressings and cookies and, you know, processed, you know, um, frozen meals. Um, You know, there's just, I mean, there are literally... 50,000 fake foods in the grocery store that contain rancid seed oils that I'm talking about here, and less omega-3 rich foods, things like fatty fish, chia seeds, flax, and walnuts. Omega-3s also contribute to arteries being more elastic, which wards off cardiovascular disease and even wards off hot flashes. In cells throughout the body, omega-3s serve to bind to nuclear receptors to regulate gene expression, facilitate communication between cells, and even hormone-driven gene expression. One of the ways that we can incorporate more omega-3 fatty acids is bringing in fatty fish on a weekly basis. That's what we do a lot. We eat at least one meal a week um, wild-caught salmon, um, at least once a week. My son and my husband and I, we love it. We make these amazing gluten-free veggie-filled salmon cakes that my husband just figured out. He's, he's really the chef in the household. Um, but we do wild-caught every single time. Um, and it's, you know, we, we mostly we roast it. It's super easy. 
um, and we'll we'll do a couple different things with it. You can also get cans of wild-caught salmon, sardines, mackerel, and anchovies to add to stir fries or salads, made into dips, or used in a lettuce wrap. I mean, get in where you fit in. There's all kinds of things that you can do. Additionally, again, chia, flax, and walnuts are a phenomenal source of omega-3s and fiber at the same time. So sprinkle them liberally on salads, smoothies, and other meals. Like, just get in it. Um, Strategy number six, load up on fermented foods. So it should come to no surprise, trillions of microorganisms reside in and outside of our bodies. They benefit us by secreting gut-derived metabolic hormones, strengthening our gut barrier integrity, and developing our gut immunity, all critical to having a thriving body and metabolism and balancing our blood sugar. While fiber can help feed these bacteria to promote helpful populations, consuming probiotic-rich fermented foods is also very, very valuable. Recent research shows that high fermented food diet around five to six servings per day. Now, I know that that can sound a lot, but we're talking about like a tablespoon is a serving. So five to six tablespoon servings per day is what I'm talking about. And in some of the most recent research, when they looked at people who ate a high fermented food diet versus a high um, fiber-based diet versus a kind of a standard Mediterranean diet, the people who ate the high fermented food diet had the most diverse microbiota. And really what the, the lesson there was, and that's why it's a part, both of them are a part of the seven strategies, is it's a yes and. Yes, step up your fiber intake, and yes, step up your fermented food intake. So I just wanted to share that. Now, a key part of what we are trying to achieve is the production of short-chain fatty acids, and they form in the digestive tract from specific gut bacteria fermenting non-digestible fiber. So how do we add more fermented foods? Luckily, fermented foods are easier to find these days than ever before, and you can find them in almost every grocery store. You can even find them in Costco. Um, We stock up personally on kimchi, cabbage sauerkraut, ginger kraut, and um, there's another kraut that my husband loves. I'm just forgetting what it is. And they are always handy inside of our fridge so that we can put them with breakfast or we can put them with lunch and dinner. So I probably average three to four servings per day, and I'm feeling pretty darn good about that. Also, a little kombucha can be a good option. Just make sure that it is very low sugar, which most unfortunately are not. Typically, you just need one to two ounces to get the job done after a meal and aim to find a brand that only contains two to three grams per serving. Again, it's all about looking at that nutritional label, looking at the ingredients list, and making sure that you are good to go. Number seven, combining foods optimally and dressing up your carbs. So eating carbohydrates alone, unfortunately, depending on the carbohydrate, is likely to spike your glucose more than if that carbohydrate was eaten with fat, protein, and fiber as a complete metabolically healthy meal. So you can actually preload with protein and fat or combine meals with fat, protein, and fiber to minimize the quick absorption of glucose in the blood from consuming a carbohydrate. In one study, consuming 23 grams of protein and 17 grams of fat about 25 to 30 minutes before carbohydrates significantly decreased post-meal glucose elevation in people without diabetes and those with insulin resistance. So how do you actually dress up your carbs? Well, it's as simple as eating a handful of nuts with your fruit or adding avocado and sliced turkey to your gluten-free whole grain bread. (laughs) Is there such a thing as gluten-free whole grain? I just meant like, you know really healthy, nutrient-dense, gluten-free bread. 
Now the goal here is to never eat acellular carbs or dessert by itself. Unless you want to spike your blood sugar, then you know, go ahead. So you always wanna pair your carbs and dessert with some healthy protein and our fats, especially when it comes to snacking. And I really wanna kinda just speak into this, you know, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not by any means demonizing carbs, um, but you know, a, a bag of Lay's is definitely not going to help you out. One, there's seed oils in there and it's just a bunch of, of what I call empty carbs or acellular carbs that are 100% going to guarantee spike your blood sugar, right? A big bowl of white rice is going to do the same. And so we just want to be really mindful. Also, if you have dessert on its own or you have a frappuccino on its own or you have a milkshake or a gelato on its own, a, you know, liquid sugar... I mean, it's a guarantee to have one of the biggest spikes you've ever had. So I just, I want you to be smart. All of us deserve to be smart and to know how to eat not only the foods in the right way, but then also adopt hacks, you know, blood sugar balancing hacks that are going to support us. So if you do have that gelato, you know, you are walking while you have gelato or you're walking right after you have gelato. Or if you are going to have that dessert, have dessert on the back end of your of your dinner, of your roasted salmon and, and roasted broccoli and yummy salad with olive oil and vinaigrette. You know, have that yummy dinner, then have that dessert afterwards with your family. Um, and then again, upgrade that dessert, you know, upgrade the ice cream, you know, make it, you know, if you've got a dairy issue or you want a little less sugar in there, there's so many wonderful options on the market today. So upgrade your dessert where it's nutrient dense and it's kind of you bringing a lot of benefit along with the sugar. And then after you have the dessert, you and your family um, go for a walk outside or you and the dog or even just you by yourself and listen to a walking meditation or a really good book. One of the books that I just finished reading that I absolutely loved was Michelle Obama's newest book, The Light We Carry. And so again, getting where you fit in, but you can leverage these hacks um, to work in your favor, even if you decide to have the burger with the bun, or you decide to have a big bowl of bolognese pasta with, um, with, with, you know, the, the Papadelle noodles, one of my, one of my absolute favorites that I don't eat anymore, but oh, so good just thinking about it. And what I'm going to offer you today in order to kind of get started, especially around stabilizing your blood sugar, because again, the rising blood sugar levels and the prediabetes are really the thing that's killing us the most. I have this amazing blood sugar hacks guide that I have built and we just got ready to offer as a free guide. And so I'm going to have it in the show notes um, for you to go and grab. So again, um, some ideas for addressing your carbs, because I want to just share, um, you know, and some of the foods that you can dress your carbs with are going to be avocado, Hummus, but be mindful of hummus because hummus can act is it can be carby and can actually spike your blood sugar depending on the situation. But when you pair hummus with um, with a protein and some veggies, you're pretty good to go. Cheese, if you can tolerate it, um, even if it's a goat or sheep cheese, nuts, veggies, salad, fish, meat, olive oil, nut butters. I'm a big fan of almond butter and cashew butter and beans. So here are some snack ideas if you are interested that will flatten your blood glucose curve so that you don't crash an hour later um, and you don't end up on the blood sugar roller coaster. So again, veggies, maybe a little protein with hummus, avocado toast with salmon, a green smoothie with protein powder, avocado, a couple berries, and some almond butter. That will not spike your blood sugar. 
um, berries with plain Greek yogurt and almonds, and then cauliflower rice with roasted broccoli and salmon. And I get that some of these are not just snack ideas. They are, they are like entree ideas. But um, as much as I avoid snacking, occasionally I end up having a little snack and often it is like leftovers from the night before. So I'm always really mindful of the kind of snack that I'm eating because um, I'm always thinking about, okay, how is this going to serve my body? How is this going to energize me so that I don't crash you know, before, before dinner or I don't crash later in the day? So there you have it, all seven strategies and how to put them together. Um, and this is where my upcoming metabolism and hormone reset course comes in. I get that that was a lot of information and how to implement it is a whole different ballgame. The course that I created for you is designed to teach you how to change your metabolism by creating strategies that work for you, not hard and fast rules that are sure to lead you straight to the bottom of a Ben and Jerry's pint the moment your willpower strays. This isn't about willpower. That's not what's going to get us to the end of the line. That's not going to create longevity. That's not going to create happiness and joy and energy to spare. Right? We've got to build protocols and, and programs that are going to work with our bodies. It's going to work with our hormones, and it's going to create ease for us as we move through the different phases of our lives. And that's literally what this metabolism and hormone reset course is all about. Instead of giving you a one-size-fits-all, grit your teeth, and hang on for dear life until it's over kind of diet, movement, and hormone plan, I'm giving you this beautiful framework that follows and that you can build on and customize in a way that suits your body's needs and desires. Gosh, so much went into the creation of this. I mean, I have spent, I want to say, well over 100 hours um, combing through all the research, pulling all the information that I know, you know, thinking about all the case studies that I've, I've worked on, things that have worked for myself, and things that are tried and true for us women. And let me tell you, the research is still relatively, I wouldn't call it scant, but we could definitely do better. And I have taken everything that we know to be true and have put it into this beautiful, beautiful program. And technically it's a course. You know, the purpose of it is you have all of the access to these modules, guides, recipes, hacks, I mean, workout programs, the whole thing. And then you can decide there's a program component to it. So if you decide you want to uh, finally start the program, which you can do at any point in time, it is available to you. I mean, you have lifetime access to this. I'm going to continue to be adding to this course as I learn more. And the, there's mindset and intention and learning how to step into your healthy future self so that you can operate as her when you're making these changes. I mean, there's so many aspects of this that make it so novel and like there's nothing else like this program in the U.S., definitely probably not even in the world. Um, and what I'm loving is, you know, all the wonderful ways that I really give you to create, you know, this beautiful, healthy life and this beautiful, healthy body. Um, basically, in the program, I will teach you how to fish instead of giving you a fish. For example, to keep it simple, um, this is just an example. Always think about eating hormone and metabolically boosting foods like clean protein, healthy fats, and lots and lots of fiber-rich foods. And you can keep these meals super simple. It can be a big salad, a stir fry, or it can be roasted veggies with tahini and salmon. I, you can tell I love me some salmon. I personally love to mix and match salads and bowls. 
Um, I am literally the certified salad master in my house because I can create some really epic and beautiful salads. I'm always researching new ideas. And just today, we had um, we had some yummy gluten-free salmon cakes that my husband just made with lots of veggies, a huge salad with arugula and mixed greens, walnuts, heirloom cherry tomatoes, alamata olives, orange bell pepper, carrots, Persian cucumbers, basil and pumpkin seeds, olive oil and red vinegar, and lime with obviously some avocado and cilantro to top it off. And then we, we are going to have some cherries for dessert. Um, and this totals out to close to 15 plants in one meal, right? 15 fiber, micro, and antioxidant-rich foods. And my favorite compilation of recipes right now lives in my Metabolism and Hormone Reset course because I believe there's over 100 recipes to choose from. I give mix and match salads, bowls, and smoothie recipes along with full-on salad recipes, entrees, sides, even soups, dressings with fresh herbs. I mean, honestly, it is such a sexy experience. I make the recipes so easy and it's a just such a great, great starting point for you to build, you know, many, many years with. And to give you again a little taste of what's in store, as I mentioned earlier, I created a new epic blood sugar hacks guide that is completely free. You can go and grab it in the show notes. This blood sugar hacks guide is literally all the hacks that I pretty much use every single day to keep my blood sugar and metabolism optimized. Because if you didn't know it, my blood sugar and metabolism is on point. Honestly, you know, I couldn't teach this to you. I couldn't recommend it to you if I wasn't walking the walk every single day. And this is what I love about the Blood Sugar Hacks Guide is it's such an easy place to start. So go and grab the guide right now for free by going to the show notes for this episode. It is 531. And if there was anything that you're walking away with today, feeling so excited to get started, whether it's the blood sugar hacks or the seven strategies, or just the knowing that, hmm, you know, what is the number one cause of death in women, prediabetes, you know, steady rises in our blood sugar, our fasting blood sugar numbers, then take a moment and subscribe to the show. And if you have a chance, if there's someone who needs to hear this, if, if you know that there's women in your lives that are struggling, one, share the episode and even rate the episode because I know there are women who wanna step into their power, become the CEO of their health. They just don't know where to start. Well, this is such a great place to start right here, right now. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.